In Cleveland Heights, the question for residents is a matter of change. Signs lining the lawns urging the more than 32,000 voters in the city to either vote to keep or change the way they've governed themselves for 98 years. None of us even knew each other before this effort began. We became a well-functioning <laughs> team with everyone contributing in a big way. At the end of the day, we all care about this great city that we call home. We all want it to be better, and together we'll do that under an elected mayor in two more years. Welcome to Due Diligence. Uh, we are, this is our last episode here before the mayoral election, historic mayoral election in Cleveland yes. Heights. I'm happy to be joined by Cheryl Stevens, uh, former mayor of Cleveland Heights, uh, appointed mayor, yes. uh, and uh, you know, uh, someone who's had a really interesting, uh, diverse uh, career. Um, all around the county now. You're, yes. you're our county, current county council rep for District 10, and uh, you represent University Heights, Cleveland Heights, East Cleveland, um, Collinwood, uh, all the Glenville way to the lake. And Glenville, some Brant Glenville. Brantnell. Yeah, and Brantnell. So uh, as you look at the, the state of things here, we're a couple days out. We're going to post this today. Um, what, uh, what are you thinking as we, as we head down the stretch here, and, and what do you want people to know for Tuesday? I am so pleased with the district I represent and the people of Cleveland Heights. Um, four years ago, Janine Boyd and I in her mother's kitchen had a conversation where we decided that it was appropriate to support a process that changed our community. And people thought it was just a process to get Janine and I, Janine or I elected to mayor. That wasn't so. We believe strongly in the quality of American democracy and that people should make decisions about who leads them best. And sometimes the people make choices that I don't, dis that I don't agree with, but by and large, we should choose who represents us. And if we get it wrong, we can do it over in two to four years. And so with that as a part of our conversation, we began to talk to people about changing the form of government. And then it was taken on by citizens who weren't us. Mm -hmm. And it stayed alive. And it, it matured. And so this coming Tuesday will be decision day for Cleveland Heights. We have narrowed it down to two candidates from four at the start of this election season. Two candidates who have different qualities and bring different approaches to this community. One of the things I believe in strongly as someone who volunteered, worked in this community, volunteered in this community, and served as an elected official, continues to serve, is that the best candidates for elected office are the people who will serve us with no compensation. That when someone says to them, will you volunteer on a board of commission uh, to do a project in the parks, to help with something uh, at the schools, they say yes. And so, it's with great pride, someone that I dragged to this party, Khalil Serin, is a candidate, and I am strongly supporting him and encouraging everyone who wants to have a mayor who will study the issues, who will act on the issues, and who will reach out to people like me or people like you to get information and form a decision that he hopes will be the best for our community. That's Khalil Serin. When he was in his early 30s and I said, hey, I'd like for you to get on a board or 
commission. I was a council person. I couldn't assure it because I needed to talk to my colleagues. Um, he needed to fill in an application, but he was willing to do that. And it's incredibly important that we as a community embrace younger people to lead. We have so much talent here in this city, right? Yes. And we just have to, to know how to, to nurture it and tap it, right? Right. Like we're just, uh, this city has so much going for it and it doesn't have to sort of play it safe all the time anymore, right? No. Um, yeah, I just hope that's the, I hope that's what we're doing moving forward. And I, and, and no, I it, know it's what we're doing. I, Look at communities who invest in their young people or have opportunities for them. They have robust futures. And we want a robust future. When you look at Cleveland Heights and you look at the current state of things, what are the areas that the next mayor, you whether it's Khalil or Barbara Danforth, where would you recommend they put their focus? A majority of our land use is housing. It's incredibly important to begin to insert vibrant housing units that meet the current needs of families. You know, most of our housing stock was built before the 50s. And so what you have is one bathroom homes instead of a bath and a half or two baths. You have one car garages instead of two car garages. And so younger buyers are passing a lot of our housing stock by. So investing in ways to convince our existing homeowner-occupied units to invest in those units and do improvements that will help increase the value. And where we have vacant parcels of land, building new houses that actually meet the current owner appetite for that stock. Mm. Oh, in addition, finding ways to build housing units that are more attractive to seniors, empty nesters, mm -hmm. so that they will move into those units as opposed to moving out to Beechwood or Solon or on the west side to Avon Lake or to uh, Bay Village, or having modest affordable senior housing that has garden suites in it or is a planned unit development where you have 30 units that are all uh, ranch type suites that are two bedrooms. Finding ways, our most, in, um, our largest land use is housing. Right. So dive into it, make it stronger, make it more vibrant, make it have options where people can continue to live in Cleveland Heights. You were here uh, in the big seat when a lot of stuff happened in Cleveland Heights, including um, Oakwood, another deal that maybe didn't work out the way you wanted yeah. it to. I mean, it's a great school for Hebrew Academy. They're going to make it, they're, they're building it up um, incredibly. It, I'm, that I'm, was I'm an sure opportunity. It helped, helped keep our, our pop, they're drawing people uh, in, uh, new residents. But it was in. A, an economic development type opportunity that we missed. Sure. Leadership uh, at, at the city of Cleveland Heights at the time was not willing or didn't know how to take on that kind of project and turn it in to a moneymaker for the community. That and Severance are the two big sort of and bugaboos so, I would imagine that you so wish they, you yeah. had another shot at. Yes, right? yes. They passed on those opportunities. Uh, they decided to let whatever happened in the marketplace happen. You heard me say that I like being the person who thinks about other folks' ideas. How can I pull them into my community? How can I figure out what the money is to finance it? How to close the deal? So let me give you an example. 
Um, I took this job in Akron. Uh, that's the base of it, but it also stretches down. We will operate in two counties. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy by the name, name of LeBron James that grew up in Akron, and a few I've people heard have heard of I him. I have heard of him. So um, he, play, he plays basketball. Yeah, he plays basketball. But that's but all he does is play basketball. No, right? no, that's not all he does. What else so does he he's do? concerned about education mm-hmm. and the quality of life, mm-hmm. and he specifically focus, focuses on having creating opportunities for young people, because um, he got lucky, and some people found him and nurtured him. But his life was tough, and there was a period of time in his life when they opened the I Promise School. He gives this speech, which was YouTubed and played over and over and over again in the American psyche. Um, why would a high-profile sports figure concentrate on something called? an elementary school with a name like I Promise. I promise to give back to the community. What he did was inspire other folks like me. Um, And so as I listened over and over again on the news clips, and then I went to a national conference for housing nerds like me, and every time I introduced myself as the CEO of um, East Akron Neighborhood Development Corporation, is that like Akron, Ohio? Yes, it is. Do you know LeBron? No, I don't know LeBron. (laughs) Akron is a little bit bigger than a thousand people, whether the rest of the world thinks of it that way or not. But over time, I told the bad joke about everybody at this event asking me if I knew LeBron, was, am I supposed to do something big and visionary like that? And so after four months, I figured out what my big vision was. We're doing a project with the social service capacity of the LeBron James Family Foundation. Mm. And EANDC, the nonprofit that I lead, is building a 50-unit family housing development so that people can live in quality housing. We have a portfolio of almost 700 units that focus on providing quality units just because you're poor that you make 30 or 50 percent of area median income and if area median income is less than 60,000 you're probably only making thirty thousand dollars a year that's not a quality income to raise two or three kids on or, or have a family on but if you have decent housing that you can afford with that income level what happens for your kids is that they get a good night's rest in a solid house with decent um, HVAC in it. They're off to school with the well-rested. You and I know as adults, if we don't sleep well two or three nights in a row, our performance with whatever we do is down. Yeah. Bye. So what happens when you need to learn and you the house you're in is old, the wind comes through the windows, it doesn't heat up right, so you shiver and shake all night long. All these kinds of problems, poor quality housing. Lead paint. <laughs> Let us not even get started on what right. the impact of lead paint on whether you can learn, whether you um, are capable of developing the skill sets to decide, decide what's right from what's wrong. I, I mean, it, it, your body doesn't grow correctly. Mm-hmm. You, oh, it disables your learning skills. I mean, I could do a whole so video you, on that. So are you getting more, like, and that's why you think building new is so important too, because like, in, in many like ways, abating all the lead paint, on, in your in District 10 is almost an impossibility yes. unless there's some sort of so there's massive a, social a, program. a combination factor. Build new and abate what you can in the old. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-pronged approach that really needs much more investment nationally, mm-hmm. not just locally. Um, 
Cleveland Heights, I'm proud to say, has been a leader in using the grant money that the federal government has put out to abate lead in some of our older homes. And that's why cyclical inspections of rental properties were so important. We get in those houses and we coach landlords on how to abate the lead. Uh, there are a lot of people who disagree with me on both uh, in the inspections of rental properties and the inspections of um, owner-occupied units, but that's how you get people to make those changes because everyone is not as savvy as you or I on the impact of lead. And so if they didn't have to, they just washed the railing instead of um, scraping it and repainting it. Mm. or instead of um, putting new drywall on a series of walls, they just wash those walls down and put a thin coat of paint on it. That The lead bleeds through one or two coats of paint. And the kids, you talk about learning, yes. right? Like that's what sort of led to that, that point was like, the impacts of that can be lifelong, right? Oh, they so are lifelong. Up, right, so it, it compounds on itself. Um, it's just a terrifying, thing that I don't know if enough people really understand the oh, true uh, they, impacts. You know, sometimes because in today's world with all the sources of information, people feel like there's this tsunami of information coming at them. And they don't always absorb the diversity of issues. But if, 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 if I could talk just exclusively about how important quality housing is and how there are these things like lead in the paint, uh, having the old pipes that have corroded and carry not only lead but other forms of chemicals from the rust into the water and we absorb it and that diminishes our health quality, our learning capacity, all of these things. And, and being proactive is incredibly important. And so that means that we take time away from our personal lives, time away from our families, to invest in the bigger community and look at the macro pit picture. So that, that's why it's incredibly important for those of us who live in this community to volunteer for our boards and commissions. It's so disappointing when I hear that nobody wants to, we got two names for four vacancies on citizens advisory committee or no names for board of zoning appeals or uh, the Breck Center doesn't have the, the recreation board. We had to go out and recruit people because nobody looked at the ad in Focus or uh, um, in the Heights Observer or or they didn't call and see what could be done or they didn't look at our website, uh, the city's website to see what kinds of openings and opportunities there are. It's so important to be engaged and involved because a community is better because we make it better. And it's not just left up to other guys, it's left up to us. So like a couple years ago when you said, I, I don't like how this turned out for some, you did. <laughs> the video. Yeah, the, you the, didn't the, like the, the promo video. Yeah, I you didn't it was, like it, it and you quite, said, It didn't quite look, sing the way I wanted yes, it to. Yes, here's what I can do yeah, from right. video I have at my house with my <laughs> friend's kids. <laughs> so I, I looked yeah, at that sure. and I was like, hmm. he gets it. And I think that's when you and I began to talk well, more. Right. I knew who you were, but we began to talk more right. because I saw that you got it. Right. It's important to get that it's important to volunteer to say, you know, I don't know. I can do this a little bit better. See here, right. I've done my homework. Right. And, and for other people it's local to. local talent. Yeah. It's local talent. Like, like talent. someone from, you know, 
independence isn't going to get not the same like, way. What's special here? They might I get some of it, but not yeah. the same way. Right. Not, we have ownership in us. It's yeah. ours. All right, a couple of let's bounce through a couple of okay. really exciting countywide projects that sort of I think also will impact us. Uh, a lot of Cleveland Heights is not yet really sort of understanding maybe the what's going to happen at Woodhill. Like it's going to be really transformative. Like what in and it's. Uh, much like East Cleveland is our neighbor here, the Woodhill Homes are our neighbor, and it's going to be our to access point to the Opportunity West. Corridor, which is almost done, right? Yeah, uh, so, correct. what? T explain what is going to happen at Woodhill. So, um, the, in the intersection, there's a CMH. At, what at we know Woodland is Woodland and um, Wood Woodhill. Woodland and Woodhill. Yeah. So, CMHA, the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority, which is a countywide provider of affordable housing to low-income families and seniors. Um, they worked for years on getting an application into the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to fund a complete rehab and in investment of additional cash funds to completely change the landscape of that project. And so there are several other government entities, Cuyahoga County, the city of Cleveland, um, and, and uh, the several of the foundations that put money into a pool to help get funding from HUD. And so this will be transformative. It will make sure that units that were built, some of them in the 40s and 50s, some rehab in the 60s and 70s, completely gut rehab some of the units and completely demolish others so that you have a phenomenal housing opportunity for families. Why invest in affordable housing for families that don't make a lot of money? The future should be about opportunity, not about living the way we used to live. If you want people who have been less, um, who have been economically disadvantaged, to spend more to spend more time on getting a decent education or developing a skill, they need that base quality of housing. Uh, on my board of trustees at, uh, at, my, at the nonprofit that I run, I have a pediatric oncologist. Oh, he's dual, He's a double doctor. He has uh, an MD and he's also a research clinician with a PhD. I've had a series of conversations with this gentleman. I love talking to him. Mm -hmm. There's so much I can learn. And he is currently on staff at the Cleveland Clinic. So he's got serious credentials. My, my conversations with him are nerd world extraordinaire. <laughs> and he's on your board because he's passionate about that what, what housing the, for kids. And, yes, and, and the sure impact that, of a, a, a quality person. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. if they, from the time they are small child, live in a good housing unit, have a better shot at the future of their lives. Right. That was one of the. Th I don't, those aren't his exact words. That's what I absorbed from the conversation mm -hmm. I had with him. I was so impressed when I got the opportunity to talk with him and then to encourage my board of trustees to recruit him. Um, it is incredibly important for us to understand that the, the, the right start in life means a decent place to sleep from the moment you are an infant and you have been born. And so if that's incredibly important, it changes the focus of your life, how you think, what you aspire to, the options and opportunities you see, mm -hmm. how you see your future. And 
whether you can absorb opportunities as they appear before you. I talked about figuring out how to do housing in conjunction with a high-profile entity. How do I come up with those ideas? Well, I got a good night's rest when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I was nurtured. All by, goes back to that. I was nurtured. There's a direct by, line. You think. I, I think there's a direct line. I had phenomenal parents. My dad's retired to U.S. Air Force. So the U.S. Air Force probably provided one of the first units I lived in. Mm. But, you know, my dad was this guy with one or two stripes. So they had to search for quality housing uh, in towns around bases. And sometimes it was tough to find something decent. But my mom said if we have to spend more on housing and and, and watch our pennies, that's incredibly important because my babies needed to sleep someplace decent. And... Education was incredibly important to us. My mother read to me every single night as a little kid, and she did with that with my brother. And then I helped read to my brother. And then I am addicted to the written word. If you come to my house right now, you'll see books in like three or four rooms. <laughs> Current things, old things, in um, intrigue, um, things that are um, focused on housing and law and development, all the things that I'm interested in, uh, and then fun things because, believe it or not, somebody says, well, what do you do to rest? I read trashy novels. Uh, you know, there's a Jason Bourne and Jack Ryan, you know, these mm-hmm. intrigue where America saves the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of biased about this country. Is that because my dad was in the service? I think you're, I think, yeah, you're a little bit conditioned for sure, I think, to... Uh... Stand proud. <laughs> uh, then um, I fell in love with Cleveland Heights. So in the two years that I was mayor, I ended every council meeting with God Bless America and God Bless Cleveland Heights. Uh, um, we should love our communities. We should invest in them like they're family members. And so um, it's easier when you believe that this community can be better because of your individual investment, even if it's small. Um, I have neighbor. I live in Forest Hill. I have neighbors that go out to the the common area that the home ownership organization owns. They rake leaves. They pull weeds. They keep the little blue house at the corner of Monticello and Lee up. That's how you make sure. I, there are little old ladies who live in our neighborhood who do those things on a regular basis. Not because somebody pays them, but because their little piece, weeding, raking leaves, making sure that the little blue house stays in good shape, is incredibly important to keeping our neighborhood in good shape and this city in good shape and making sure we have a great quality of life for our community. Something everyone should want for our community and other communities believe is important for them. and. Why can't we be like Cleveland Heights should be on other people's lips? Sure. Uh, speaking of this neighborhood again, do you, neither your county council, you seem like a logical person that might be able to bring the proper people together to talk about some sort of partnership with the Metro Parks on this, yes. on this property. So uh, maybe a year Cleveland, and a half. Like this, you know, I know we want to take, keep control of our baseball fields. They're stunning. 
you know, we, we, there's some control we want to maintain, but is there a path? So uh, there probably is a path. The pandemic shut down conversations that we had begun. Uh, we will need to have them again. Um, uh, actually, Khalil, as staff for County Council, and I went over and met with the executive of the Metro Parks, Mr. Zimmerman, and began to talk about how we could potentially uh, see um, the Metro Parks um, take some ownership of Forest Hill. It was specific, the initiation of the conversation was specifically about the East Cleveland portion because that is in my district. Mm -hmm. um, and there have been some preliminary conversations with leadership in East Cleveland. Um, I believe this park was created um, by the Rockefellers in a, for a very important reason, green space and, and having open air areas um, even if you have your own backyard is important, but if you ha are in an apartment building or um, a double, it's even more important. Or for group activities where we learn how to socialize with each other, where our children learn the rules of, of a good quality life, being respectful of each other, waiting your turn, volunteering to help somebody out if you're a little bit stronger, all those kinds of basic skill sets that help you as an adult play better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm a fan of that. Everything you really needed to know by you knew the basic life quality issues you knew by kindergarten mm -hmm. or first grade, because if you if your folks had let, helped you do soccer or little league, or um, go to um, some kind of continuing interaction at, uh, interactional education, you learned all those polite things that help us be better adults. Sure. Do you think it's still possible, though? Like that, oh, it, it's still, I think it's a conversation. Because I know we had Nathaniel Martin was one of the uh, first guests we had on the podcast. We had uh -huh. Nathaniel Martin on, and he said he, he's for it, you know? And it seemed like it would be, from an economic development standpoint, great for, for East Cleveland so, and Cleveland Heights. one of the conversations, well, the conversation that I had with Mr. Zimmerman, we had to talk about how you finance the investment that needs to be had because of deferred investment on the East Cleveland side. Sure. And so... You, that's a continuing education, a conti I'm sorry, that's a continuing conversation that we have to talk about. And so I haven't had another conversation with him about it, but I am supportive of a, a, a discussion that talks about how we all do this together. So it's a seamless picture of the Forest Hill Park, yeah. and I believe that Metro Parks could be a great piece of that. And it needs the focus of both cities, of both East Cleveland and Cleveland Heights and right. the leadership. And at a certain point in time, Cleveland Heights was not interested interested in that conversation. And so when I talk to you about electing um, a mayor, that's why you would elect a mayor. You tell them. They go to community meetings. They have regular engagements with people. They don't just have a city council meeting and think that's all the engagement they need to have with people. And then it just gathers dust for another exactly. year. Because exactly. it's no one person's responsibility that's to make exactly. sure it moves. That's right. And a city manager was just that, a manager. Right. And occasionally you have city managers who think about outside the uh, uh, box ideas and reach for them. But we weren't fortunate enough to have that on a regular basis. We did have some members of council who could be convinced about ideas because the first time as a staff person I talked about building a parking deck on Coventry, I was told there was adequate parking. Mm -hmm. And we now know that that deck is used regularly sure, and it helps keep 
a minimum, keep at a minimum the number of cars on the street, and it is how we try to keep the businesses on Coventry and the deck that was built on Lee Road. That one's not used as much. No, it's not because we haven't gotten people to figure out how to get there as yeah, easily. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about training people to use things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the transition from horse and buggy to car took a while. Took some time. But we, we can encourage people to do things. And we've gotten, it's so easy to park on the street or in the infield lots. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we work on those things. Uh, the uh, what's the latest on the new county jail? Oh, and this is incredible. You're and absolutely I, right. And I, and That's I, incredibly talk, important. about East Cleveland yes. as a possibility uh, at one point as a site, and I, I know that yeah. there's some uproar. I, I know it's an imp it's almost an impossible task, probably, because nobody wants nobody really. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody really wants a, a, a place of incarceration in their neighborhood. Yeah, but the current county jail is not sustainable. It, not the way it's built and not the way we manage it. Right. We have to change two things. We need a new structure um, and it needs to be less vertical and more horizontal. Mm. Uh, we also need um, more capacity. Uh, we need to increase the number of correctional officers we have because mistakes are made and things are done wrong when you don't have adequate staff to support people who don't have good uh, who sometimes have community skills that are not what we would have coached them into doing. Mm -hmm. These are people with problems, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. They have problems and, and, and we have to have correctional uh, officers who are there monitoring their behavior and making sure that they move in and operate in acceptable ways. And so this is going to cost us some money. There's an ongoing dialogue because it's budget time at county council for, and for uh, the county administration, for the government. Uh, and uh, we need the um, executive who is the primary administrator for the county, Armand Budish, to figure out how to spend more money to get the, an adequate number of people to manage the population in the jail. We have to get the judges to understand how to give people time in the jail when they have to, and how to give people home release and a monitoring system around their ankle or check-in times for those folks who didn't commit crimes that are, aren't, their behavior isn't significant enough to incarcerate them. Mm -hmm. Because there was a point in time when we were incarcerating too many people from my perspective, and you know, I'm not a judge, I am not an attorney, but there are ways to make sure that people go home and go to work mm -hmm. as opposed to going to jail. Sure. And we have to evaluate those things more. Absolutely. And so um, it's incredibly important. Oh, in addition, we had a study that told us we needed 725 correctional officers. We still have fewer than 600. That's a problem. So that's 20% below where you should be. Yeah, that's a real problem. And so we are talking with, we, County you Council. Just can't, you just you have the money. You just can't. You just can't get people. That's part of the people. problem. But you're going to have to have a more robust hiring process. Mm. Uh, you can't like once every six months have a hiring process or just allow people to turn in their applications. Oh, open hiring, and it takes you a month to get to interview these folks who've submitted resumes. So I have to commend uh, the executives' uh, HR team. Uh, 
within the last 30 days, I don't remember the exact date, they had an open hiring hall where you came in, you filled out your application, they had enough HR staff there to review the applications while in a two-hour time frame so you could get to a, a, an interview, uh, a, a class that talked about what you were doing, and potentially get offered a job up, uh, pending uh, resume, I'm sorry, reference checks. So that, um, I'm told, actually the entire council was told, that that brought 50 to 60 potential new hires on board mm. from that one event. So that's something that you need to replicate. Um, and so there's a ton of work that needs to be done um, to make sure that we care for people even if they are have violations of the law because you're not a criminal until you're convicted sure and so if we are caring for people who evidence leads um are um police and sheriffs and the judges to believe they need to be incarcerated until all the things happen with their trial and a final decision is made then we've got to take care of them better than we have traditionally done yeah because uh because there's almost at that yeah. point they're technically no matter how guilty you think they are, they're still innocent until That's proven guilty. That's exactly right. We do stand for that. There theory, are still right? people who can vote inside that are incarcerated right. because they have not been convicted. Right. So th 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 there are all these things that we are responsible for. And I, as your representative, since you live in this district, and I tend to call you one of my people, mm -hmm. <laughs> are we're we're responsible for those things. So if you look at the videos of the budget hearings that I was president at, I basically asked this question. Why are you not stepping up to find a way to hire more people to take better care of the people who are incarcerated? I don't know. I don't remember what my exact words are, but I'm on the record saying we've got to do these kinds of things. And our residents have to tell across the board, even if you don't live in Cleveland Heights and you're listening to this podcast, you have to encourage your county council person to pay attention to those kinds of things. Because there are people who who grew up in Cleveland Heights, who are in jail. There are people who have lived in Cleveland Heights who are in jail. And it is not our responsibility just to take care of the good guys, quote unquote. Yeah. It's my job to make sure that our systems take good care of everyone. The safety net is county government's piece of our lives. They, their health and human services, caring for our seniors, caring for our children, they're the safety net with the jails and people who we think have violated the law. They are a backstop to helping. They collect the taxes which go to our school systems. The, the county government is a major caregiver to all of us and the safety nets that protect us if some of life's problems occur for us or our family. And so that's why the role of county council person is important to every one of us. Uh, absolutely. And we have 11 county council people, That's correct? correct. Um, and county council was reorganized to some degree so in the what last five, uh, we 10 were, years? We were, uh, approximately 11 years ago, we voted on changing our form of government from a county commissioner. In, in, in Ohio, there are 88 counties, and only two, we're the second county to f adopt a county council form of government. Uh, we went from three elected officials to 11 elected officials who run the day-to-day, -day, who are the legislative branch 
for the county government. It was massive corruption 11 yes. years ago, basically, we, right? We, and corruption is based on people, not on forms of government. I want to make that okay. very clear. But it's easier when there's only three well, when you only have three people in charge, it's well, easier to sort of but do what you want. There to were do, other right? elected officials at that point in time that have been consolidated under the county exec. For okay. example, there was an auditor and remember our county corruption had a commissioner and an auditor who were the lead conspirators right. in 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 taking money to do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there uh, there is still a way to have people do have poor performance. Um, for example, uh, in the last 30 days, uh, the gentleman who was in charge of trying to find some commonalities between suburban uh, jails and the jail system downtown, and there was this thought that money could be saved by having one jail system. He's now a guest of Cuyahoga County, and he will be a guest of uh, the feds or the state because he was convicted of, uh, I think, four different crimes against the folks who were in the jail mm. because there was a loss of life, so a significant loss of life. We had more than eight people lose their lives in the jail because we didn't have enough uh, correctional officers. We weren't feeding people correctly. The, um, the jails weren't clean enough. Uh, they were over oversubscribed, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It is incredible. There are ways for people not to do the right thing, even after a transition in the form of government. So it's incredibly important for people like you and I to pay attention. And someone said about me within the last week, Cheryl Streak speaks truth to power. I don't always always agree with people I even like. If I think in the best interest of Cleveland Heights residents, something else is important. So on a simpler level. Maybe eight months ago, six months ago, uh, there was a gentleman who'd been employed by the county, and the county exec said uh, there was um, an investigation uh, on uh, this. The, the job was chief technology or chief information officer, and the person didn't work for two years, so they sued us, uh, and us being the county. Yeah and said that they wanted $520,000 or some uh, amount over $500,000 for not being able to work because they weren't quote unquote terminated from the county. Right. So I got a call saying, well, uh, uh, we've negotiated down to $245,000. I'm like, the guy didn't work a day from, uh, for us and you're gonna give him 245? Do you know that the average resident in my district doesn't make $245,000 in three years? I can't vote for it. I, I think it's too much. It's mm-hmm. it's too large of a, le- a settlement for me to support. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, I talked to my folks. I know who, ma- you know, what people make in the district. And we have some incredibly wealthy people in Bratnell and some incredibly people wealthy people in Cleveland Heights. But we also have some incredibly poor people sure. in East Cleveland and some of the neighborhoods of Cleveland that are in my district. Sure. And so looking out for the average citizen and talking to some of our wealthier folks, couldn't swallow it. I couldn't swallow it. And that's me. Mm-hmm. If I don't think that it's in the best interest of people in my district, a larger number of people in my district, I can't support it. So just to wrap up the jail, you don't. there's no current site that you guys are looking at? We, don't, we have three or four sites that are in analysis, but yeah. I'm not on the Public Health and Safety Committee. Okay. So what I, I talk to their chair on a regular basis. He's one, you know. Severance is not one of them, though? No, severance is not one. <laughs> 
You had me on a serious roll here. Shame on you. Severance is not one of them. Oh, one of the other things that we are talking about is the Guardian slash Indians improvement. Yeah. Uh, that's incredibly important to this region. Um, you know, there are, it's a huge number of folks because we've got a ton of information. I was the nerd asking for the information. How many people are employed by the Indians? Where do they live? What is the salary range? It was all over the place, mm -hmm. but I was most concerned about the fact that they still have some people who only make minimum, state minimum wage. Yeah, That's incredibly important for them to, every employee of large corporations that make big money, that they make at least a decent living wage. Sure. So the, low, the person at the low end of the totem pole that works for the Indians, in my opinion, should make at least $15 an hour. Seems reasonable. So that's what I, that's one of the things I'm saying as they come before uh, the uh, county council for uh, what it looks like will be two hundred and two million dollars to support the renovation of the of Progressive Field. That's incredibly important. Why? Because having a national baseball fran franchise, uh, Major League Baseball, I believe it's MLB. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly important to us. The profile of this community, when it has three national sports franchises, is significantly different than if we didn't have one of them or if we didn't have any of them. So I continue, remember one of the core things I trained on as this young person moving here was economic development and the financing of it and how it changes what people believe about the community and who they are. I jokingly say to people, if somebody's in Italy and their group of Americans in the, one of the plazas, oh, where are you from in the States? Somebody doesn't go, I'm from Twinsburg. They go, I'm from a town outside Cleveland. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland. And so our image, who we are, people know about Cleveland because one of our uh, Cavaliers won the big ring when LeBron mm -hmm. was, the last year LeBron was on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, we've, we've had these great commercials with Baker Mayfield mm -hmm. uh, on the flying carpet that we're mm -hmm. on. The Those kinds of things catch people's attention. Even people who aren't into sports pay attention occasionally to that stuff. All right, one more Cleveland Heights question, and then uh, a few more quick questions on, on the city of Cleveland um, uh, races that are uh, mm -hmm. happening right now. So in Cleveland Heights, we're trying to get this infrastructure bill through Congress, right? Biden's trying and trying. Their their mansion yeah. is Joe Manchin's. West Virginia is slashing it, slashing uh, it, slashing he's it. Just I, I just am uh, really trying to focus on if there's infrastructure money that we can use on our water system that's going to come out of this bill. That well, there we, was. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, has it, I don't know. I, I, I haven't read the last changes, so I don't know for well, sure. Well, that to me is. Uh, a focus uh, for for this region, for Cleveland Heights, you know, University Heights has got their own problems too with it. Uh, that I hope Marsha Fudge is is, is well. Is, she's is, housing is, and urban development uh, is, now, right. so she I hope she's she, like, uh, has up some input on the infrastructure she, bill. She um, has made a major commitments to try and be helpful to us, even though she's responsible for the, the entire country, country now. Uh, uh, and um. The legislators, the, the Democratic delegation from Ohio is very supportive of President Biden. Um, I have a personal relationship I've been nurturing over the years with U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown. Um, he is very committed to trying to make sure that this bill 
make something happen good for not just the whole country, but Ohio. Sure. And because uh, he lives in a ward of Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, he gets it. Um, but it is the outliers, Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin, who are Republican and conservative in how they are approaching this. The family needs to be fed, folks. We need to be taken care of right now, not 10 years from now. They're talking about the the financial burden that this could present in 10, 15 years. If the family is not alive next year, we won't have to worry about 10 to 15 years from now. If our systems fall apart now, we won't be able to figure out how to our financing for then. And I am not a supporter of wasteful spending. Uh, I I am very into us managing as well as we can ourselves, but sometimes, especially based on one of our infrastructure needs is because over time, EPA's guidelines for water and sewer have changed. We should have been able to find water and sewer grants that helped us as those things change. My another one of my concerns with the city manager form of government. Instead of being proactive about how you meet changing environmental needs, because we are a community that's into sustainable types of things, we should have, you know, for years we were the, we had the best recycling. We should have had some of the best focuses on sewer infrastructure improvements. They've always been costly, but if you do things when you first discover they cost money, Bite the bullet and pay for them. The other thing is It's only going to get worse. The longer you it's wait, only going to cost more. Now here more. we are under a legal obligation to yes. fix our sewers. Yes. And it didn't have to be this way. No. We paid money to fight it. And I, I have to tell you that the information that we received from our staff, I voted for paying money to stop it. But in the end, it was still not in our best interest. So why not figure out ways to do what you can to change it as soon as possible? Right, and now you're, the, the district you represent also includes Euclid Beach at Villangela. Uh, it's called Euclid Beach, it's in the city of Cleveland, it's in your district yes. and it's gorgeous. People, yes. A lot of people in Cleveland don't even know that the Metro Parks took control of Euclid Beach and it is really stunning. You, should, you don't have to go to Edgewater and fight no, the crowds, you no. can go to Villangela. It's just great. It's great. Uh, but we want the water coming out of Doan Brook that feeds all the way out to be clean. Everyone, it's it's Absolutely. something that we should have been standing for. It should have been a primary principle, guiding principle. Yeah, right? and that's why you listen to the people who vote you into office. Yeah. While you talk to them. Now, I don't always have as much time as people wish I had to listen to their opinions on things. But it is incredibly important uh, to talk to people and to listen to them and to stay in touch with where your residents are. Like when Janine and I decided we wanted to talk to people about changing the form of government, and people were like, you can't win this. (laughs) I'm talking to people. I'm Mm -hmm. not just talking to myself in a mirror. It won 65 to 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty resoundingly said, sure, I I want to elect a mayor. I guess I listened to a majority of the people, huh? Right. And that, I don't, if you're watching this and you haven't ever talked to me, it's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because a time creep. Uh, But I will listen if you want to talk to me. Major sea change coming in the city of Cleveland. Frank Jackson is uh, leaving. Stepping down after 16 years. uh, Justin Bibb versus Kevin Kelly. Are you taking a position there? I did. I took a position. I'm going to support Justin Bibb. 
I have close friends who are supporting Kevin Kelly. Yeah, they both Ke seem like good guys. They are. Like, Kevin is well educated. He has yeah. a he's got a master's in social work and a law degree. Uh, Kevin has a more relaxed approach like Frank Jackson, which mm -hmm. is why probably Frank endorsed him toward how we move toward the future. You heard me talk about volunteering in the community and, and Kevin did that, but Justin is that young person like the Al Snodgrass, the Anthony Maddox, the Khalil Seren that I've supported. Mm -hmm. These are people who want to see change because they're young and they're eager and they're energetic. They will make a difference and it is our job as seasoned residents of our communities to make sure they engage in that forward thinking process. They don't just take these positions and sit in them. They take these positions and they move forward. Justin reached out to me. I'm, I'm, I live in Cleveland Heights. Mm -hmm. And when, when his number crossed my phone, he's got one of those numbers that identify itself. And I was like thinking it was his campaign manager who I know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hello, this is Cheryl Stevens. Hi, this is Justin Bibb. I'm like, in person? <laughs> He's like, yeah, uh, councilwoman. I'm like, it's Cheryl. And that's one of those things, you don't have to call me by my title. I'm still the person you elected. And before you voted for me the very first time, you called me Cheryl. So you should call me Cheryl today. Mm -hmm. So I said, I mean, mayor's a little bit different than council person. Mm -hmm. So I get that, but um, he said, I want to talk to you about potentially endorsing me. I'm like, let's meet. And I think he has good ideas. My favorite idea was not one of his lead ideas, housing. Mm -hmm. But economic development was one of his lead ideas. Mm -hmm. I have a race I'm more concerned in with Khalil and the county sure. council. And, you know, one of the other folks I'm supporting is Davida Russell mm -hmm. um, and Tony Kuda. But the reality is those young men who are younger, you've heard me say their name more than once yeah. in this podcast, because it's important to invest in the future. Um, and I think Justin is the person in the Cleveland race. Uh, Going to be close, though, it sounds like, right? Yes, and it is. Khalil Sarin and, uh, and uh, Barbara, Barbara Danforth sounds like it's going to be, it seems same, like it's going to be a nail It's going right? to be a cliffhanger. Are you making predictions? You, Khalil with a hair. Khalil by a hair, and what about Justin by a hair too? Justin, oh, Justin by a margin. By a margin, okay. He uh, has been working those neighborhoods. He even got significant vote on the uh, west side where he was not born and raised. And a huge race that's gonna affect you on county council. Uh, Chris Ronane uh, has sort of quietly announced he's running against uh -huh. Armand Budish uh, uh -huh. for county executive. Uh -huh. uh, Chris has an unbelievable resume uh, and uh, has had an impact on the, the east side uh, in, in running University Circle Inc. Uh, I uh -huh. think he's opened up that campus in a way that, you know, it, it sort of a lot of legacy um, racist thoughts on how you, you know, wall off the museums. He's opened up that whole neighborhood. And I, I think Cleveland Heights hopefully oh, feels some of that opening the up. The oval as, as, being um, open on Wednesdays throughout the summer yeah. where you can see anybody and everybody sitting out there listening to music or watching a movie. That was a phenomenal concept. It's just sort of like blending the neighborhood back in, like not being afraid of the neighborhood, yes. you know, right anymore. Uh, Why are you afraid I, of people? Right. Uh, so he's going to be interesting against Armin. Yes. Uh, so far, uh, Armand has not told us officially whether he's running again. Oh, really? He has uh, he has recruited people to support him, uh, and so I'm assuming everyone is assuming right now that Armand is running. Okay. But Chris officially declared uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, as well as I did. I officially declared that I would be supporting Chris Ronay. Oh, wow! 
once again, I'm voting for energy and forward thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I like Armand. I respect him as a gentleman. He has served not only Cuyahoga County, but uh, a district that encompasses Shaker and uh, goes east to Beechwood at the state level. Um, but I believe we need more energy in the future and some different thoughts. Let me give you an example that I tell people about regularly. When I was uh, the staff person at uh, the uh, Cuyahoga Land Bank responsible for acquisition of vacant, abandoned, and foreclosed properties and demolition of uh, structures that did not meet the needs of this uh, region, Um, Chris came to me. He was chair of the board for the uh, Cleveland Cuyahoga Port Authority. And they wanted to use in a sustainable manner the fill from the port's uh, mouth at the mouth of the lake. Mm -hmm. And he said, Cheryl, could you use this fill in some of your demo uh, to fill in the holes at some of your demo? Like, yeah, I could if it tests clean because Mm -hmm. I have this thing related to lead because the first year I did that job, a lot of the contractors were filling in the hole. And when uh, EPA came in and did some courtesy testing Mm -hmm. of the sites, uh, we did six sites and four of the sites, the lead levels were too high for children. Uh, because they were using fill that had not been cleaned or tested. And a it lot of the river sediment is not usable, right? Right. Like you've got to be careful about which. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So they had to test it, and they figured out how to, to, to um, uh, use filters on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the to clean it, essentially. To clean it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, there were piles of dredged material that tested clean. And we used it as a first run on a site next to um, the library on Superior, or is that St. Clair? St. Clair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, then the library turned it into a parking lot. Mm. So uh, it's that kind of forward thinking. Let's do a beta test, in essence, yeah. of what don't I think can of, work. Don't yeah. be afraid yeah. of this. We don't, try. There wasn't a huge right. commitment Doesn't of money work. or right. time, either by him yeah. and, and the Port Authority like or the, no. like, the Cuyahoga like, County Tanisha, Land Bank. Tanisha, too, Briley, it was like that it's always no is always the first no answer the right? first answer should be see let's how let's figure out how we make this work and cost the taxpayers as little money as possible right. to try it right so we tried it that's the kind of thinking that convinced me Armin is someone I've known and respected and endorsed already before yeah, sure. why I'm endorsing somebody else because that's the kind of thinking I want leadership to bring to not just an individual community, but Cuyahoga County. All right, and then the last race in 2022 that's going to be huge, uh, and I need you to put me at ease, uh, ease my conscience a little bit. There's no way Rob Portman is not running for Senate next year. We want to give Sherrod Brown a good partner to work with in the U.S. Uh-huh. Senate. I, Tim Ryan, I'm but was right now seems to be the lead horse for the Democrats. Yes. Uh, we'll we see. don't have anyone else of his significance and that's then, willing to and, run. And there's not that strong. There's not, not Tim Ryan could be great, but there's not a huge, a lot of options, right? Uh, no, people so stepping up. Remember my um, conversation with you at the beginning of this podcast, building a bench. P- I, I'm a local elected official. I have built my bench. Yeah. Have those folks who are leading at higher levels built 
there. I don't know. Has Jared, where's Jared's bench? Don't know. Like, because on the other side, it's it's a crazy crew on the but, GOP but, but side. But Tim is a is uh, part of the bench. No, Tim is a Tim great is part of the bench. I think he's got a pretty good. He's got he's, a decent chance. I'd but, like a Youngstown but, guy, like who can get elected in Youngstown. So I the real question is how um, this state is redistrict. That gerrymandering is, issue works against a guy like Tim Ryan. Yeah. Um, and we have grown as this state has matured incredibly conservative. But Sherrod Brown has a message that defeats that conservative trend. Right. And like he's uh, the proof that it's possible. It's, it's, right? He's the proof that it's possible. And so I think that if Tim understands how to talk to people and is not afraid to go see them where they're at, he can win this as well. Because remember, as, a, as a, a, an equivalent of a beta test, um, Melody Stewart and Donnelly, Michael Donnelly, yeah. mm -hmm. two of my constituents, right. Melody said to me, did you know there were 88 counties in Ohio? <laughs> like, yes, Melody, I did. Because my first job out of grad school was working for the state of Ohio. Did Melody go to all of them? State Supreme Court. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think she uh, went to 80 out of 88. 80. Good. So the reality... And she, and she got elected. And she got elected. Right. So here's the message. And Sherrod does that same thing. One of the messages, meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. You don't say, oh, I'll be in... Youngstown, and so all five counties around Youngstown need to come see me. And check it off. Go to our residents in this state where they're at, well, and that will that will change the dynamic you're of You're terrifying me you. a little bit because the one that I'm most terrified of is Josh Mandel. I think he oh. is just uh, but, unpalatable in, any, in every fashion, but he is going to meet everybody in every small town right I now. I can't help and it. And so that what you're saying people, is that I should be worried about Josh yes, Mandel, and yes. I... Yes. Don't, I'm just hoping you tell me no, don't worry about Josh Mandel. The, I can't the tell you that. Won't vote for him. He's pretty savvy about how to get elected, but he has his own problems. <sighs> and so I, I will tell you that he's not the only one we need to be worried about. I could stomach JD Vance or Matt Dolan like as a worst case scenario, but like Jane Timken is also someone we don't want in there too, right? In theory. Well, in theory, because Bernie she Marino, ran, I don't know. I don't know Bernie. You probably know Bernie a little bit because uh, he's active I, locally. But, yeah, but right? I, I haven't spent any time with him. Yeah. Uh, Temkins are active in the Canton region, yeah. and they do good things with their foundation. Sure. Um, I, uh, I have not met Jane, but the work of the foundation, the family's investment in the foundation is visible. Uh, and you know that Canton was hard hit, just like Youngstown and Cleveland and Akron, uh, as we transition from an industrial uh, state uh, to a state that has to use technology and thought and service processes. Mm -hmm. But we have some good ideas. Whoever thought Gojo would be the kick-ass company for <laughs> the region? Right. Uh, uh, um, and so there are ways to think outside the box and build products and, and companies that can change who we are. So I'm not supporting Jane by any reason uh, of thought. I am a, a, I'm a Democrat and I'm supportive of of most Democrats and how we move forward on issues, but I'm also ten I'm growing more progressive as I mature, because I think the future is coming more quickly than people thought, and we need to have people who will reach into the future, who will build things that help us reach into the future and become more stable. Well, I hope that uh, we can 
this whole your district, District Ten, that we can help East Cleveland, uh, you know, move forward, yes. thrive, because it's yes. in all of our interests. It's uh, in everyone's moving, best moving interest. Moving forward, and um, uh, the way things like I look at the Woodhill stuff, and I look at Opportunity Corridor, and you hope that East Cleveland's gonna. Um, feel some of that, you know, because uh, there's opportunity there. There is opportunity there, and we just have to figure out how to take hold of that opportunity and make it work for us. We continue to invest, we continue to talk with people, and we continue to try to figure out how we get other people's money, meaning the federal money, mm -hmm. to be spent in this region. And I think that with the right kind of leadership at both the municipal level and the county level and, and the state level, we can do that. Well, big changes coming Tuesday. Change. Uh, that's a song, exciting, you know. Change right? is gonna change come. Change is coming. Uh, that's right. And uh, you know, I think um, I hope people are excited. I think it's gonna be, you know, there could be some bumps, there could be some growing pains, but I think overall there will be. It's gonna nothing be good is for us long. The transition into into anything has its moments. Yep. Um, but the reality is, can we move to a positive future? And I think we can. Cheryl Stevens, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. God bless Cleveland Heights.